And welcome back. Bob Harris here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. He returns with another classic. And I'm going to call it a classic. It's a great book called Breathless. He's got so many books out, and I don't know where to begin, but Dean Kuntz is our special guest tonight again here on KFGO. Dean, it's great having you back. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me there. I should call you Mr. Kuntz, but I called you Dean. Is that okay? Well, when you call me Mr. Kuntz, it reminds me of when I taught high school many years ago. (laughs) So uh, I'm happy with the Dean. You have been so busy. I have to ask you already, because I saw a note in, I think it was on your website, before we get to Breathless. Is it true Frankenstein is coming back? Are you, are you putting more Frankensteins out? Actually, you know, I, when I finished the third one, I thought, I'm having too much fun with this to let go of it. And happily, the public liked it very much. Uh, it got huge amounts of mail, and I was slow getting the third one done, but... Uh, when at, at the end of the third one, I, I kind of thought I was done, and then I kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and there's something about the whole Frankenstein mythos that's more applicable to our times, because we are getting to where we can create uh, or, or alter life forms, and there's a, a potential in that, but hideous danger in it, too. So I just have too much fun to let it go, so I think there'll be three more. Uh, so the main character, and I, I was going to ask you this last time, how do you pronounce that name? Deucalion. Deucalion, uh, okay. The original creation of the Boris Karloff, <laughs> except he's a little different in this book. He's not, he's not a lumbering creature. You have been so busy this year. What makes you run as far as writing is concerned? I shouldn't say what makes you run, but uh, it makes you type. I mean, you've had, I don't know what, four or five books out this year? I've had uh, two, two hardcover novels, the third Frankenstein in paperback, and uh, a memoir of my dog, uh, Trixie, called A Big Little Life. So... Uh, you know, I love what I do. I've been fortunate, I've been blessed all my life to be able to do something that I love and make a living at it. And uh, I'm never going to retire. God will pitch me dead into the keyboard. I don't hope that's anytime <laughs> soon, but uh, it, it will happen one day, and that's where I hope to be because there's nothing else I love doing more. Does the missus, by the way, every once in a while say, Dean, get away from there. Let's go out and have supper. <laughs> Does she ever pull you away from that keyboard? She makes sure that we have our time together, and uh, and she's she's more di- well. She's not quite as direct about it as my dog Anna. I'll be sitting here typing, and Anna's decided I'm, I've been ignoring her too long, and suddenly her cold nose is under my hand and throws my palm off the keyboard. Uh, <laughs> And it's and then she looks at me. It's like enough of that. I'm here. So uh, Jared is a lot more subtle about it, but uh, she we get our time together. I, uh, I when I told folks that I was going to be interviewing you, uh, somebody asked and uh, wrote me an email here. And as a matter of fact, his name is Dean. Of, of, of speaking of coincidences, and he says we all hear about how much the Dean Koontz writes. He says, "Does Dean Koontz read? What does Dean Koontz read?" Well, in in my youth, uh, and uh, there were still mastodons on the planet then, I read about 200 uh, novels a year and read all kinds of fiction. I don't read so many novels anymore. I I tend to reread things that I particularly love, Dickens, or there was a suspense writer named John D. MacDonald I particularly liked. And I read a lot of uh, uh, research because so many of my books have so many different things in them that I don't know about I have to reread and learn about. So that tends to be what I read, and I, as a kid who hated research in high school and college, I now love it, and I think it's the only difference is those days they told me what I had to research, and now I can research what I want, and it's fun. Well, we talked briefly before once about how you put a book together. Do you, when you start a book like Breathless, do you know how it's going to end? 
No, I have I have no clue. I knew I didn't even know quite what the central idea of Breathless was going to be until I wrote the first chapter, except that I knew I wanted to write a book that was about an event so monumental, so huge, that the world could never be the same after it happened, and that the story would be about a different different people who witnessed these events and uh, how they react to them. The, some of them, it changes their lives. It gives them a sense that life has hope and meaning. Uh, and other ones don't want to face the idea that life has hope and meaning. And it was interesting to me to follow a story like that. Then once the character's in there and the story begins, uh, they take it where I could never figure it would go. Is it safe? I mean, I, we, we were talking about this book, and I said, you know, we, you know, you hear the term science fiction so much, but is it safe to say that this book is almost a science fantasy book? It's. Uh, I would say it's its own thing. I, uh, I, I. It's. It's almost impossible to explain it. It's set in a, a real world. It's about real human issues, uh, but something quite miraculous happens. And the lead character, Grady Adams, a furniture maker, lives in a remote part of uh, Colorado, is out walking with this Irish wolfhound. They're in the woods. They come into a meadow, and he sees these two animals. They weigh about 50, 60 pounds each. They have this radiant white fur. They're the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And they're frolicking and happy, and they see him and the dog, and they flee. And he goes home and with a veterinarian friend, tries to figure out what these animals are, and he comes to believe that they don't exist in the Colorado mountains, and maybe they don't exist anywhere. Uh, and what happens next, uh, nobody's going to expect. It isn't aliens. It isn't anything you uh, you <laughs> normally see. It's something much more profound than that. And uh, it's a risky book, but you know, if you don't take risks of falling flat on your face, then it isn't fun to do. And I can fall flat on my face and make an idiot of myself. I've done it before, so it doesn't bother me. I just hope this time I haven't. I've, uh, I'm raising my hand. I've done that too many times. Uh, the but you know when you talked about these characters, I mean, a good first two thirds of the book, I did a lot of laughing. I did a lot of smiling. I mean, there were some nasty parts there where you know things happened, but when it came to these two main characters, I giggled a lot, and I found out that I haven't done that in a while. I think you did a great job getting these two guys, uh, these two uh, two characters together. I, uh, it's really interesting to say that because the mail is coming in on the book from readers, and they all say, you know, I walked around grinning after I finished this book for hours, or that I stood up and did a little happy dance, <laughs> and uh, that makes me feel good because that's how I felt all the way through the novel. When uh, when Grady wakes up, by the way, that first night, and he goes downstairs because the animals are out of the room. And he finds yeah. what they've done to some of his stuff. That's yeah. another place that made me really giggle. I thought that was pretty cool. That was pretty neat. Breathless is the name of the book. By the way, I, I have, Dean Kuntz is our guest here on KFGO. I forgot to reintroduce you. Uh, and uh, he is uh, he has this new book out just in time for Christmas. Great Christmas present for uh, each and every one on your list out there. Um, the uh, So how long did it take this one to go, to write? How long did it take you to to research and write this one? I think about five months, but uh, it uh, it can sometimes take five months, can sometimes take a year. You never know how long it's going to take, and you have a deadline, so you're in a quiet state of panic most of the time. Do, does Dean Coots panic when that deadline comes up? Oh, talk to my editor. Uh, we, I have been down to the drop-dead date now and then, and... Uh, and I don't like the sound of that, so uh, I, I try to get it in there way ahead of the drop-dead date, the production date, when it can't happen anymore. But once in a while, 
you get there because you just can't let go of the book. You have to, you say, I just need to do some more fine tuning. Now, like I say, I, we talked about Frankenstein. I think the date is June of next year. How far, have you gotten, next year. How far have you gotten along in that? I'm right now wrapping that one up. The first one? Or all three? Uh, the first of the, of the new series, yeah. Wow. Man, I tell you what, I wish I wish I had your gumption. <laughs> Is that the proper term? I don't know. So what's Dean Coons doing for the holidays? Well, I put up four Christmas trees instead of one because I'm just rebelling against all the negativity in the world this, this time. And uh, uh, so everywhere I go in the house, I see a Christmas tree or Christmas decorations. And I got them up before Thanksgiving, and I'm not taking them down till mid-January. <laughs> good for you, good for you. By the way, before we go... Uh, Dean Kuntz, as many of you folks remember, uh, supplied us with an autograph, a couple of autograph books for a, a fundraiser for a, a youngster here for uh, a, a canine dog to help him with his uh, uh, autism and his uh, in I, I don't know. I guess I haven't heard how much, but I know we raised a lot of money for the young man. But I just want you to plug again uh, for your canine companions out there in California and for canine companions around the country. They're wonderful uh, organizations, and Canine Companions for Independence is the one we've worked with for 20 or more years, and they provide service dogs for the severely disabled, for autistic children, for quadriplegics, paraplegics, uh, spinal bifida kids, and it's amazing how these dogs transform lives. They just absolutely um, can mainstream uh, people. Autism a little harder, but they they have profound effects on autistic kids, and it's a great thing. So if there's one in your organization, you have some air in your area, and you have some time to donate, it'll be one of the most rewarding things you've ever done. Dean Coots, the book is Breathless. By the way, there's an Irish wolfhound in this book. Uh, Dean Coots, Breathless is the name of the book. Thank you again for joining us here on KFGL. We hope to have you back very soon. Anytime. I always enjoy it. Happy holidays. Take care.